would I step out Mm. and say something? Because Jesus did. Would I personally, me, ever say something Mm. about a practice that I thought, is that glorifying God or are we doing this for ourselves? I don't know if I would. You're listening to If That Makes Sense. It's a family life podcast about what life is like following Jesus as a young adult, or so we call ourselves, or I should say, so they call us. Age is so relative, isn't it? My name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. I'm Mary. I work in radio production. I'm Becky, and I'm in Family Life's development department. I think what's so cool about the way we've done the last few seasons of If That Makes Sense has been we're reading the Bible instead of like trying to come up with a topic because anything you come up against in your regular daily life is going to differ what your experience with it is. But when you're just looking at God's word as a whole, that's going to apply to all of us in any of our lives, whatever we're going through. So today we're in John chapter two and we're doing a little section chapter two, verse 13 through 25 Let's just read that amongst the three of us. Uh, Mary, do you want to start us off with it? Absolutely. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus did not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. This is one of those scenes where it's like, You have an image of Jesus as uh, uh, Lord Jesus, meek and mild, you know, and and he is. But then then there's this. Then there's him turning over tables and driving out animals and actually taking the time to make a whip. Like he 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 strategized this. It's like this will be more effective for driving out large cattle if I have a cord that's, you know, bound together. And then he's got a cord. He can crack the whip and get these, these animals out of there. And by extension, he's also kind of driving out some of the people who are attached to the sale of the animals and stuff. But it's like, wow, that, how well does that intense picture of Jesus fit with the rest of how I see him, you know, because it is, it is super intense. It's like, there's there's a there's a a jarring almost startling kind of nature of oh wow uh, Jesus does things like this too he he takes this very seriously 
I actually love this passage because of that, um, because my personality is more on the quiet, shy, meek side of things. Um, and it also takes either just the right thing to get me angry and upset, or it takes a very long time for me to reach that point. Mm. So on the, I'm going to say very few and far between times that I do reach that point of being angry. Um, there's then that battle that ensues of, well, I'm not supposed to feel angry. I'm not, you mm. know, I'm supposed to repress that. I'm not supposed to let that show. And here I have this example of Jesus who got angry for the right reasons. Now there's that huge topic and debate out there of, well, can a human really have righteous anger and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's an emotion that we all have and it's one that Jesus had and he reacted appropriately to that. Um, so for me, it's a comfort in knowing hey, my creator and my maker also gets angry. And it's okay for me to get angry. Just am I handling that anger with the right, am I repressing it? Because that's not a good plan. Am I reacting and lashing out? Because that's not a good plan either. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a comfort of, hey, my creator knows how I feel in this moment because he felt it too. Yeah, he's upset to put it lightly at basically people misrepresenting god for personal gain and i feel like the very last sentence um in the passage that we read also explains his motive here because the very last part of it says for he knew what was in each person so um if i am remembering correctly back in the time that this would have happened the Jews all traveled to this area, and a number of them traveled from a distance that is really not feasible to bring their own animals for yeah. the sacrifices that they needed to uh, perform. Or maybe they lived in more of a settled area, so they didn't necessarily have the animals, so they had to buy them. Um, and I've heard in Bible scholars... Um, maybe debate this, but that the people that were selling the animals and making God's temple into a market were overcharging them. Mm -hmm. um, so at the end of this passage, it says, for he knew what was in each person. Um, so I, I feel like I can confidently say that it, it was coming from a place of, like you said, Tim, personal gain but also with a sleight of hand of not doing it honestly either. Mm. And of course that's going to make Jesus mad because that's sin. One thing that I kind of wonder about this story, just like a, a shift of perspective maybe, and I'm it might be just speculation that I'm thinking this, but I wonder what the normal Jews, the ones who were genuinely just going to make their sacrifices as they're supposed to. Um, I wonder what they thought about the people who were selling and uh, mm. uh, the animals and like mm -hmm. exchange money lenders and all that kind of stuff. I wonder if similar to how the church is so complicated now, 
I wonder if there were other Jews who thought, well, this doesn't seem right, but everyone else is doing it yeah. hmm, kind of thing. I, I, and it's all speculation. We can't say whether or not that's true, but it makes me wonder. There's a lot of things that not everyone agrees with in the church today um, that are just accepted as, yep, this is how we do it. And this is how we are going to believe as a society. Um, and I don't know if all of those things are right. And so where is where is the the line of acceptance that we need to have for that kind of thing? I think that's got to be the case, Mary, that because it's human nature. Most people will say, yeah, this probably isn't how it should be, but it's kind of how we're doing it for now. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I, the reason I, I thought about it in the first place was because there didn't seem like a lot of backlash against Jesus by the community. Huh. There was only backlash against Jesus by, it said the Jews, which I'm assuming means the leaders of the temple, the people who yeah. were in charge and things. And so, and a lot of times throughout this uh Throughout the telling of Jesus' life, there are many times where the crowd got so unmanageable that, you know, people were unsafe or they were about to make him king and so he disappeared. Like, there are there are times when the crowd gets pretty riled up, and I wonder why that didn't happen here, because <laughs> this seems like one of those yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many of them were cheering inwardly yes finally mm -hmm. somebody did something somebody saw that this was a problem and did something about it yeah and wow. we're cheering inwardly at it but still didn't have the courage to mm. step up and join in because there's mm -hmm. that tense moment of oh wow that just happened yes i'm so happy but what's coming next yeah i'm kind of i kind of imagine this situation like when your sibling is doing something they're not supposed to and you haven't said anything you didn't know you didn't say anything you didn't tattletale but they get found out and they get in trouble and you're just kind of secretly like yes <laughs> sweet justice <laughs> and i wonder if that's sort of like how they felt a little bit yeah i think that's gotta be what's going on it has to be because what an excellent point that you can you can kind of see from the response like everybody's here you're right people uh, what you had said becky about people traveling in from outside you know everybody right that's the case everybody all the jews had to be here it's a big festival it's a passover basically if you could you were there at the temple as far as i understand it so we know that there are just just crowds and crowds and crowds of people of normies and then there are the ones in control and there are the ones who are serving or servicing kind of the system by selling and gaining and there's profit going on. <laughs> the people must be at least as much in favor of it that the authorities are afraid to act on putting Jesus down. Mm -hmm. Because we do see that happen a number of times in the Gospels at other occasions where the authorities want to get Jesus. They really want to nab him. They want to get this guy. They want to arrest him. They want to kill him ultimately is their end goal. But they're afraid, the, the gospel says in different parts, they're afraid to because the people, the people 
are seeing what Jesus is doing and they're liking it. And that's really, really interesting. So yeah, I think I've never kind of thought about that before, but that this radical display, I mean, it wasn't quiet. It's not like you were there and you just started like, oh, there's something going on. No, I don't think that anything's happening. Like animals are running about. Running there there was pandemonium for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Stuff is happening. People are noticing it. People are probably talking about it, you know, for days to come afterwards, I'm guessing. So people noticed it. And yeah, they must have been in favor because uh, he didn't get stopped by the people. No, the only people we do see, like you said, the people who do, you said, as the Bible says, it says, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Yeah, I think definitely we're meant to understand there. That's like the leaders um, who are in more power, but they're also the minority and the power they have is in swaying the emotions of the people. And right now I think they realize People aren't with us, so we have to tread lightly about this crazy firebrand Jesus guy. Right, right. And also, when when does a quote-unquote normie Jew say, oh, and what signs do you have to show for your work? Like, yeah. that that's yeah. for sure an authority figure yeah. saying that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely. And so, maybe it takes us back to your original kind of thought experiment, Mary, of what are the ways that we today we don't have to answer them here but like it's it's profitable for us to think about it the ways that we today are doing the same kind of thing part of specifically in our faith i i think that the main ramifications of this are thinking about how in our faith are we accepting things ways of operating ways of conducting ourselves as christians that misrepresent god that are not ideal and maybe we know it but maybe we kind of accept it because, well, I'm a normie and this is the way things are. I'm not really going to take it up and change Everybody's doing it. it. Yeah. You know, like it, everyone else seems to be going along with this. So I guess, okay, maybe. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely something good to think about and and process because we don't want to be walking around blindly mm-hmm. and just accepting the way things are. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not supposed to be that way. And sometimes I think we don't even realize it until we're on the opposite end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, like, here in the passage, we can see that Jesus knew what was in their hearts. So he knew where they were at. Um, but there are times that I've had in my life, and I'm sure everybody listening has had in their life, where you either knowingly or unknowingly put more trust in something or someone than you do in Jesus. Mm. And when inevitably that person or thing, whether it's a person or a job or whatever it is, lets you down, you then realize, oh, I wasn't fully placing my trust in Jesus. Mm. I was doing these things that either everybody else is doing, like you were saying, Mary, or, you know, I put my hope in myself so much or wherever you're placing that hope, you then realize, oh, that was on faulty, shaky ground. So I also wonder, like, did the people that were in the temple and the money changers and the animal handlers, did they really realize quite what was in their heart yet? Like, did mm. they know that they were just going along with it? And if somebody, mm. if one of the norm 
people had spoke up and been like, hey, we're not doing this quite right. Could it have been a realization to them of, oh, actually, we're not. I've just been following this and I haven't been asking questions. Like you were saying, Mary, it's good to take a step back and ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that just it makes me wonder, like, oh, like, did they know that what they were doing was wrong Mm. or had they just been following the norm for so long Hmm. that they didn't know because they didn't take the time to step back and really look at it for themselves. So just a lot of random thoughts on where obviously we'll never know because we can't see people's true intent in their hearts. But it's just like, hmm, I wonder where they were at in this moment. Was Mm -hmm. it a shock to them or had they kind of been expecting it? Mm -hmm. It makes me think about the people who were doing it themselves, the money lenders and the people who were selling things. Were Did they know that it was wrong to do, which is what, what you're asking. But I'm wondering if even if they did, would they have felt that they had the power to change it? Mm. Because mm. if everyone's doing it and you're you're doing it, too, you can't just charge like like, for example, yeah, right. of selling a a, a sheep. If everyone else is selling the sheep for like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. I have no idea. 50 bucks, let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is selling their sheep for 50 bucks. If you go, hey, that's not, I don't know, fair or whatever. I have no idea. I'm making up these numbers mm-hmm. as I talk. Um, but for example, if you could go out on the street and buy a sheep for 15. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you if you went to the temple where everyone else is selling those sheep and said, "Okay, I have, I'm going to sell these for a reasonable price, fifteen dollars." What is that going to do? In right. the it like just in the societal pressures yeah. of like like you wouldn't do that. No, the system overall is already at work in so many ways. That And it's justified, too, in so many ways, like the system that they're a part of. They're probably looking to the the authorities in their faith, Mm -hmm. the teachers in their faith, who have rationalized what they're doing. I mean, they're in the temple doing these business practices. So it's clearly been, I mean, I would say it's, it's, it's approved of and probably been rationalized away by the, the, uh, their faith leaders. And so they're like, well, okay, we're, 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 this isn't a, this is, this is legal according to like our code, you know, we're allowed to do this. And so it must be okay. Cause my faith leaders tell me that, that this is okay. Maybe it seems a little sketchy to me to be selling sacrifice animals at a profit in God's temple. But you know what? The faith leaders who should know the best say it's okay. So there we, ha- and, and yeah, how hard is it to push against a system where even the people who are your rightly appointed authorities might be allowing something that your spirit is maybe not totally settled with, but boy, wouldn't it be easier to just kind of look the other way and go along with what's allowed? And that's not to say to like excuse any of them for doing that because a sin is doing something that you know you shouldn't or not doing something you know you should. Yes. And so I don't want to come across as saying, oh, yeah, they didn't deserve no, anything but because they totally w- did deserve yeah. whatever happened. But just to, like, put yourself in their shoes is mm-hmm. really fascinating to me. 
the other thing too, thinking about these these people who are the ones actually conducting the business, there are times where Jesus is is harsh with individuals in the gospels. And <laughs> you think like, wow, that's kind of oh, ouch. That's a little mean. It seems a little mean. Um but here's the important thing to remember to me, I'm reminding myself of this. Everything Jesus does, I've got to believe, is redemptive. There's nothing he does that is just to make a point for other people, but at the expense of a different group of people. And I don't think there's anything he does that is utterly and solely condemning without a hope of redemption. I'm thinking about these people who this happened to, the people who owned uh, this merchandise that was driven away and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and had taken the day to gather coins that Jesus just dumped on the floor. Like it must've been the best thing for them that he did that. Right. I think a lot of times when we, when people are corrected in life, sure, they don't always receive correction, especially if they're, you know, very hardened and hardened in their ways and in, and in what they're doing. But I've got to imagine that some people were kind of shaken awake by this people to whom it happened and been like, oh, man, what am I doing? I'm ashamed. Wow. What was I doing in God's temple selling? How did I let myself think this was okay? I'm sure there's others who left that event and they were just like, not coming back here while he's in town. Then make make sure I come in on a different day when that guy's not around. Some people didn't get the message, I'm sure. But I've <laughs> got to think anything Jesus does is is redemptive. And some of these people must have been changed by it, I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I have to think is in the context of the scripture, Jesus also knows every heart and can judge accordingly, unlike any other person can. And so... I want to also tread carefully when we assume things about the culture and about the people themselves because we don't know their heart. True. And we we are not in a place where we would ever be one to judge them because again, that's not our job. <laughs> but it is it, it I think it is helpful to imagine those kinds of things just for the sake of our own redemption. Yeah. 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 It gives us a good um, viewpoint, too, of putting ourselves in their shoes and asking all of the different, well, did they know? Did they not know? Mm. Were they acting rightly? Were they acting unrightly? Um, It gives us, I think it helps us take a step back from what's going on in our everyday day-to-day lives or the areas where we're serving or doing things in the church and to then take those same questions and assumptions that we've been discussing about the people in this passage and then apply them and ask those same questions of us today. Mm-hmm. You know, we all serve and at church and we all do things at church. And it's like, oh, are we asking ourselves these same type of questions and evaluating our mm-hmm. hearts before we even set foot in the building to serve? Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's another good way to do it is like, yes, we're, we're treading very carefully and lightly because we don't want to put assumptions on someone or mm-hmm. say, oh, this is what they were thinking or this is what they were feeling. Um, but at the same time, like you said, Mary, for our redemption, and it's like, oh, what what pieces of that can I then ask myself those questions to make sure that 
the next time I'm in Jesus's house doing something, quote unquote, for him, is he going to come in Hmm. with that whip and drive me out because my heart's in the wrong place? Or is he not even going to make the whip because my heart's in the right place? You know what's unique about how you can read the Bible as a Christian? This is just like hitting me in a fresh way through this conversation we're having. It's that when you read the Bible, it's always helpful to put yourself in the place of the sinner of whatever scene you're reading. Put yourself in the place of the villain of whatever chapter it is you're spending time in. Because ultimately we know our own hearts, we know our our own, you know, depravity, we know our own sinfulness. And so it's fitting for us to put ourselves in that place and have a heart check there. And at the same time, this is biblical. We get to read the scriptures and properly put ourselves in, uh, properly understand ourselves through Christ. So he's our example. Um, He is our inheritance. We're heirs along with Christ. We learn in, we learn that in Romans, that we are heirs with Christ. And it's radical, but Jesus himself says it, that uh, anything that has been, um, uh, anything that is his is ours, so to speak, in him, because we're, 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 we are in him and he is in the Father. This is all crazy stuff that Jesus unpacks later on in this book. But if we're doing it carefully, you know, not making ourselves out to be God in any way, but, um, but if we're doing it carefully, we can see how there's this amazing privilege as a Christian to be able to read it in light of how how sinful we still are and how um how exalted the inheritance is that we have in Christ because already in our conversation we've talked about being being on guard about not being people who would profit from misrepresenting God you know as you said Becky would he have to make a whip of cords to drive me out of whatever it is I'm getting involved in? But also, like you said earlier, too, that the the righteous indignation of the Lord, when he's getting angry at sin that misrepresents the Father, that's also something that, understood in a very careful and humble way, can be part of our lives, too, I think, in places. So it's just crazy that we get to read this and, like, apply understanding about both sides of what's going on in the story to our own heart, because Jesus is just that good. That's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And it also begs the question, would I, if I notice after thinking about the church and the practices that we have, would I step out Mm. and say something? Oh, wow. Because Jesus did, and we are to be children of Jesus and or children yeah. of God yeah. and 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 being his hands and feet would i personally me ever say something hmm. about a practice that i thought is that is that glorifying god or are we doing this for ourselves wow i don't know if i would yeah. i can honestly say that 
it's very challenging when you do because it's a very delicate um, path to tread because you have to examine first where you're at and make sure that you're on right standing and that you're coming out at, at a place of peace and love and concern, mm. but also on the flip side with an awareness and an openness to hear what the other person that you're talking to or addressing the situation with has to say mm-hmm. um, because there's that recognition of, okay, this is the the nudge or the push or the unsettled in my spirit that I'm getting that this is wrong. Um, and I've done as much work as I can beforehand, but going into that conversation, also recognizing it, you still might not be right. Um, so there's that very challenging waters to tread um, and going in and t- meeting with the right people and saying something. Um, but then there's also the challenge of walking through that mm-hmm. because you don't know how it's going to be received. Yeah. And you don't know, you know, is change going to come from this? And if it does, what does that look like? How do we recorrect the course? Or if change doesn't come from it, what is then my role? Because mm-hmm. then I've said something. Um, so I can honestly say it because I have done that, it is a very challenging place to be. Um, but there are also times where I've noticed something and haven't said anything. Yeah. So it's it's another whole podcast in and of its own discussing just like that topic Um, but I think we can take courage and rest in the fact of God's redemption and God's grace is there for us each step of the way, even when we make the choice and step out and say something, or we make the choice to not say something and walk that through that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where God, the Holy Spirit and, um, discernment can come in when you're in you you have to be in a place where you are are praying and seeking your heart and making sure that when you speak up and say something that it's not incorrect mm-hmm. or and even if it isn't correct then you're you have a heart that is willing to learn and understand a different perspective mm-hmm. and you know, like in any case, yes. it's going to be sticky. Yes. It's it's just going to be not fun because when you tell someone that they're wrong, that's just never going to go well. Yeah. It's just <laughs> not. <laughs> and, yeah. And here's what makes it different for us. And I, I love that you're pointing it out that way because we, like you said, Mary, we have to be willing to see their side. And like you said, Becky, we have to tread carefully in all of it because unlike Jesus, we don't know all people and know what is in man, like it says at the end of this chapter. Like Jesus can look at somebody and see right through the motive, see right through the heart, see right down into the very core of their soul where their action is coming from, and he can rebuke that and call it out. We can do that in lesser ways. We can do that by degrees and in humility and hopefully by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But we can't do it in the same way, I don't think, as Jesus does it here. Because he can do it with absolute, I mean, he has no sin to cloud his vision of what is some in somebody else's heart. So for us, 
yeah, for us, when we're doing this, we can do it, but we always have to be doing it with the humility of knowing that there is brokenness and there is in our heart and there is a log in our own eye when we're going to remove the, the speck from somebody else's eye. So we have to be looking inside of our heart at the same time that we're confronting what appears to be in somebody else's heart. Whereas Jesus, for him, he knows already, like it says, needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man. And that's maybe what keeps us humble in this. Maybe that's what keeps us off of Facebook, blasting condemnation en masse about what we think are the evils, you know, because, okay, how much is that really going to change things versus difficult, humble conversations or difficult, humble confrontations that we might have to have. Um, And maybe there's times where there might be, maybe anger gets involved in that in in a way that is uh, more angry at the sin than at the person. Uh, maybe that's part of, of how Jesus models it. But boy, it can't happen for us if we're not doing it in total humility uh, and in realizing that we too, we too are sinners. Thankfully, God will use us. But yeah, we too are sinners anytime. And we have just as much for Jesus to see and draw out of our own hearts that is impure also. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.